0: Don't let people, especially male doctors that do not understand your delicate hormone balance and just in general, female balance, don't let them call you crazy. Don't let them put you down. When you have intuition about something that is not right in your body, please follow that intuition and do research. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about
1: reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Probably one of the most important questions to ask yourself when you're feeling depleted, worn out, brain fogged, or simply not like yourself is what is the root cause of what's going on with me? See medications, things like birth control and synthetic hormones, don't fix the root cause of the problem. At times, they may be very necessary to help you along while you're addressing the root cause. And I found myself in this particular situation when I was diagnosed with hajimoto's thyroiditis last year. My thyroid levels were pretty low and it was obvious that I had really high antibodies and it was important to get my thyroid count back on track. And so I did go on medication while we were figuring out exactly what was going on with me. So I do feel like medication can support, but it doesn't necessarily... Well, I don't. not even necessarily. It just doesn't fix the problem. It's important that we get to the root cause of what's going on. Now, earlier this week on our epic episode number 100... I devoted an entire episode to understanding why food is important to healing hormone function and honestly, cellular function as well. I even took a deeper dive into nutrient deficiencies and the role that they play on ensuring that our hormones are properly communicating because nutrient deficiencies can be a major root cause for why the body isn't functioning properly, why your mitochondria aren't functioning and why you may feel so low energy or whatever may be going on with you. Now back on episode 95 with Dr. William Lee, who by the way is a New York Times bestselling author of Eat to Beat Disease, we actually discussed the newest research that points to food being the best medicine that we have to address root causes. Now, on today's interview with Vivica Menengaz, the host of the Nourished Caveman blog and podcast, we're actually looking on how to investigate a woman's unique hormone profile. We're looking at the delicate balance of female hormones and how diet and lifestyle impact them. We're looking at real causes for hormonal dysfunction, and then specifically, we're looking at the connection of our endocrine system around the thyroid, the adrenals, and the ovaries. Because... When one is thrown out, best believe it is having an impact on the other parts of our endocrine system. It's no surprise that the thyroid affects our ovaries and our adrenals, or our adrenals affect our thyroid and our ovaries. You can see it's all interconnected. Now, what I'm excited about is that Vivica is all about healing our hormones with a food-based approach. And honestly, I am not surprised at the results that she is getting with her clients. They sound very similar to the results that I see my readers get when they do the 14-day hormone reset inside of my book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. Now, before we jump into this powerful episode and tackle root causes for hormonal dysfunction, and not just tackle the root causes, but how do we get our bodies back on track? Because I'm a big, proponent of not only showing, well, how do we get there, but also how do we get back to where we want to be? Now, before we get into all that, I want to take a moment, as I love to do on every episode, And just celebrate you. It's important to celebrate our small wins, our big wins when it comes to our wellness because they greatly impact the rest of what's going on in our life. Now, one particular healing rock star is Jennifer Lawson. And I'm excited to shout her out today that she shared on Facebook just a few days ago. So here is what Jennifer had to say. My thyroid condition went undiagnosed for over three years, and I almost gave up not knowing where to turn. I found Dr. Marisa's podcast after her hormone summit last year, and her episodes on thyroid and autoimmunity have changed my life. I finally got my diagnosis, and we're finally figuring out what caused my thyroid issues to begin with. I feel confident that I'm going to get the answers that I need to feel like myself again. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your win, and I am so glad that you are loving all the episodes on thyroid and autoimmunity. It has been a big focus since my own thyroid diagnosis. I know how important it is to really figure out the root cause for a diagnosis that so many women are not getting. I want to also congratulate you on that next step in your healing journey. I am holding space for your continued healing miracles, and I am confident that you're going to get the answers that you're looking for. If you are listening, Jennifer, I would love to gift you my Superwoman blend. Just reach out to me on Facebook where we connected or on Instagram at Dr. Marisa. Now, if you are listening today, you know I am excited to shout you out as well. If you want to reach out to me, the best place to find me is on Instagram at Dr. Marisa, that's at D R M A R I Z A, or even better, simply review the podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you love to plug into. That way, I can not only continue to support more women who are ready to become the CEO of their health, but also we open the door to finding the right answers to our root causes, asking the right questions of our doctors, really creating this revolution for women's healthcare that we so desperately need. That is the plan. That's the reason why I created this podcast. We just recently, I think last episode on episode 100, we hit a half a million downloads, which is absolutely incredible. I wasn't sure if we hit that number, but we did hit that number on that episode. And it just goes to show that when we put the kind of information out there that women are seeking, it it spreads like wildfire. Now, let's dive into this incredible conversation with Vivica. But really quickly, before we do that, I want to sing her praises. Now, Vivica Menengaz is a certified whole food nutritionist. She's a health blogger, a published author, and a prominent thought leader in ketogenic and paleolithic diet and lifestyle practices, as, one as, as well as one of the leading voices for food-based approach to healing. She's the founder of the Healing Foods Method, which is a 14-week program that focuses on one-on-one with her clients to break through with results in their health by utilizing a therapeutic ketogenic diet and healing. Now, tracking back to her Italian origins, Vivica is a passionate cook whose ketogenic and paleolithic recipes and nutritional advice has been shared with millions through her blog, The Nourished Caveman. She's also the host of the Keto Paleo Life, a video interview series where she talks about innovative health and diet practices with some of the industry's most influential thought leaders. I can't wait for you guys to listen in on what she has to say today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Vivica Menengaz. How are you doing today, my dear?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you, Marisa. Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's such a pleasure to have you, my dear. You know, what we're going to be speaking about is two topics that my ladies love to talk about. And that is women's hormones and also understanding kind of how the ketogenic diet works most importantly for them, especially when we're dealing with hormone issues. Now, I know this is your area of expertise, and so I am so happy to have you on. But what I'd love to do before we get into like the the nitty-gritty of this conversation, because I know there are so many questions that my audience has been asking me about this, I'd love to know a little bit about your journey and what brought you here. What inspired you to want to not only study women's hormone health because girl. that is, I, I get I get why you did it, but I want to know that's the story because it's why I do it. Um, but also kind of what had you explored the nutritional aspect of this as well?
0: Well, of course, I think that every person that wants to help other people, the motivation most often comes from your own journey, you know? And most often it comes from having been able to resolve issues on your own. And then, you know, you start becoming kind of modeling that role of like an effective resolution. And then people start looking at you for help. And of course, that was my story because I came to nutrition. Well, you know, I've always had a very strong desire to help other people, In throughout my life, I wasn't really sure how that would work out until I came to nutrition. And then it kind of really clicked. When I started studying nutrition, I knew that that was my true vocation and, you know, just like how to help people get healthier, get better. And the first step, of course, was to get my health under control. So it started out in a different way because I when I first started nutrition, my main problems were digestive and um, liver and gallbladder. So, gallbladder disease. I was, you know, I'm I'm kind of a radical person where, like, I always decided I do not want to go the medical route. I am I don't like the way doctors think. I don't like what is done, them in the medical way, the modern medical way. And I was lucky enough to grow up with a mother who took me to holistic practitioners. So I was able to have homeopathy and acupuncture done since I was a kid. And that kind of saved me from having to go the medical route because if I went that route, I probably would have no gallbladder right now. And, you know, (laughs) I think a lot of other organs would be missing by now, but I uh, decided to take kind of, take charge of my own health. And so I was trying to manage my health naturally from a very young age. And when I first started having gallbladder problems, it was like in my mid-20s. It was very early. But I refused to go to a doctor, even though I had to go to the emergency room a couple of times. I refused to be operated on, and I worked with a chiropractor. And then many years later, I. Another chiropractor who was my first mentor was a woman. And Dr. Deborah Penner and Chico, she just mentored me into nutrition. She kind of forced me into nutrition. <laughs> so that's how it all started. But, you know, as I resolved these first issues, then the other bigger issues came about. And that was when I hit perimenopause. And that was in my mid-40s. And then my hormones really started going kind of out of whack. And I also developed fibroids. And as I, you know, as I was studying nutrition and I was starting to have very regular heavy periods and gaining weight, just like a lot of your listeners, I think, are experiencing that stubborn weight gain, a stubborn like, you know, periods. And then I got diagnosed with really big fibroids. And as I was trying to treat them, I al- also had a friend who decided to go the medical route with hers, and I just refused. I did not want to have surgery. And so I found another mentor who is my mentor in restorative endocrinology, Dr. Rhonda Nelson, who has now become just an educator. Back in the day, she was still taking clients, patients, patients. But she also, I started studying with her and she really, like, first of all, like, took me on as a patient to learn about myself and how to heal myself. And then I started, like, studying other, taking their classes and their seminars and specializing in hormones because I really wanted to get to the bottom of the situation. Hmm.
1: That makes so much sense. And so what happened? So you had the opportunity to to work with her and to discover what was happening with you. Was it that you realized that so many other people were dealing with the same thing? And and you wanted to make sure basically you wanted to be educated and that you could able to take care of women the same way that someone was able to take care of you.
0: Yes. And, you know, as I started practicing, like when I started nutrition, I first worked for a practice and then like three years into it, I started, I went off on my own and started my virtual practice. And I was at the beginning, my focus was metabolic because especially I had started to do a ketogenic diet because of my pre diabetes. You know, that was like my big awakening moment on my own health. And so when I found the ketogenic diet, I really fell in love with this tool because I I thought it was an immensely valuable tool to restore and repair metabolism. So I dove into that. But then in my own health journey, I was then dealing with perimenopause and the fibroids and then Hashimoto's and, you know, hypothyroid came out all kind of at the same time. So as I was hit with my own personal challenges and I was working with clients, I started seeing that, you know, patterns in a lot of women that came to me for metabolism and losing weight and addressing, you know, high blood sugars, insulin resistance. But then I started to see the connections with the hormones, the other hormones. And, you know, studying restorative endocrinology or what we call now functional endocrinology, we are really trained in seeing the connections with all the whole endocrine family. So no hormone acts pretty much isolated in the body. They're all connected. So the connection and the importance of this holistic holographic image of the body as everything being connected and interdependent became really like, prevalent for me so that I had to deepen my studies in the hormonal picture because like, I knew that for a woman, there is no way to really go to the bottom of health imbalances without addressing the hormones.
1: Mm, Absolutely. And what were some of the connections? Let's talk a little bit about some of the connections that you had found, right? As you were going through perimenopause, as you are, you are and then also dealing with Hajimoto's, you know, what were you know, and you're seeing all this in other women, weight resistance, metabolic syndrome, blood sugar deregulation. Was there, you know, when you're starting to see all of this kind of unfold, you know, what were some of the connections that you were beginning to see?
0: Well, of course, there is like some really direct correlations that we can see between like stress and cortisol and the sex hormones. So the first immediate correlation is that correlation between like cortisol and stress hormones with the sex hormones and then thyroid hormones. And those are like pretty straightforward correlations for anybody that handles, you know, hormones and nutrition. But then there are more subtle correlations that are like the correlation between insulin and estrogen and like how insulin resistance and estrogen dominance kind of come together together in a person and they they are one of those cycles in the body that I call like self-reinforcing cycles. You know, there are a lot of, in a lot of systems of the body, we have like kind of catch-22 scenarios where one dysfunction reinforces another dysfunction and then it becomes mutually reinforcing and how do we break out of that vicious cycle? You know, it happens in a lot of different ways. So estrogen and insulin is just one of those little vicious cycles that, you know, when it comes to losing weight and when it comes to hormonal balance, this is like kind of the chain link, like where the two links are connected. So how do we break the links? How do we break that chain? How we break the chain reaction? This is what I had to go and discover because... If you think about it, Marissa, in and you, you know from your own practice and experience, the medical establishment like modern medicine really cuts into compartment. The human being is not seen as a holistic picture. And like when we go to even a specialist like an endocrinologist, will not really be able to see all the correlations because they are trained in pathology. They're not training trained in holistic medicine so they're just looking at the pathology and not at the rebalancing or the wellness, wellness factor the difference when you do restorative endocrinology is that you have to look at all the correlation of the human being and especially in a woman they are so interwoven very closely interwoven and our hormonal balance as your listeners for sure know and heard from you you know it's it's complex it's not just one hormone or the other hormone that we can touch. And then if we, let's say we have low progesterone, we can address progesterone through a cream or a bioidentical, and then we fix the problem. The band solutions, this kind of banded solutions that are most often given by medical doctors or even conventional endocrinologists are for me, kind of like this beginning of a domino effect of imbalance Because of those repetitive catch-22 situations and everything is connected so that we introduce an external factor, like you know, a hormone into the picture of your endocrine system, and it's already out of balance. And then we introduce this external factor that yes can fix your symptom for a minute, but what it's gonna do in the long term is more damage than good, basically, as you know, downstream hormones will always affect the glands upstream.
1: And that makes so much sense. Can you talk a little bit more about that, right? So, you know, we see some of the recommendations that are being given to the women that you and I are taking care of. And again, a lot of times what we're seeing, especially when hormones are being recommended, that we're not actually getting to the core root of the problem. That's what I'm hearing from you. You know, how did, you know, the question always is, is, well, when it talks to, we talk about functional medicine, is how did this even come about? How did we get here to begin with? You know, how is it that we created estrogen dominance or insulin deregulation? How did we deregulate progesterone levels or create hajimotos, right? How did we get the immune system to respond in an inflammatory way? And that's what we really need to address. You know, one of the things I want people to know is that taking thyroid meds doesn't fix the thyroid, just like slathering a bunch of estrogen doesn't necessarily fix that either. We got to figure out what's really, really going on. And I think that's kind of what we're getting to today is, you know, and you and I are very much in alignment with this conversation, something I talk about all the time. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we talked about, you know, the next question really is for you because I always love my audience to hear it from different people, but what is the root causes of some of these hormonal dysfunctions that many of us are dealing with right now? You know, I got the diagnosis for hajimotos about a year ago, and we kept thinking it was stress, because I had I had been in a lot, had basically to the ground mean, my story, you know, 10 years ago, I flatlined, I had horrible chronic fatigue and everything. And it resulted, you know, I I make a joke that I say, you can't green smoothie your way out of chronic stress because you, I mean, nutrition's a big part, but you can, if you don't change your mode of operation, I can run with a keto kale salad in my hand. You know, I can, in some, in, in some heels, I can do it in hot heels, girl. I can run. I had to change the way that I thought, how I operated. I had to change language, like I'm in a rush, I've got to go, I'm I'm late to a meeting. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was even eating well, and thank goodness I was, but I was still driving myself into the ground. So there's that root cause, you know. And then no no surprise later that Hajimoto's was a diagnosis down the road too, right? So I want to ta- I want to talk a little bit about those root causes, and then I know we're gonna get into Hormones, mindset, and even how to leverage a little bit of keto, mm-hmm. in your opinion, to really help to rebalance things because nutrition is so important. But I know it's one of those
0: tools, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love how aligned we are with the thinking and also your experience, like that you had to go all the way to the bottom, bottom pretty, <laughs> pretty much. But it's, like on it- the
1: floor, I was a mop on the floor. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I see this in my clients over and over again. And it's kind of sad, but it's also, I feel like, a big part of what makes us human and what makes us women is that we push and push and push until we crack and we don't, you know, we take care of everybody else except ourselves. Because this is kind of the way that we have been raised and educated and, you know, this is the structure. So it's, I think that the work that you do and the work that we try to do in the world is a big part of that missing education in self-care for women. And so how do we get to, to those problems? I love talking about root causes because, you know, that's what I do. That's my favorite thing. I'm like a dog looking for truffles. I like to dig, (laughs)
1: Ooh, I love me some truffles. Yeah, let's talk about it because I think that's where we're really misaligned in, in today's America's health system or even, even any industrialized health system where we are triage care. And so people don't really think about, well, how did I even get here? And goodness knows, doctors aren't looking for it. And so let's talk about what are some of the key things. I know I touched upon a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of that, but I really want you to shed your light on that for us.
0: So the root causes of disease are stressors. And we call them stressors. But when we think of stressors, what are stressors? You know, are they physical? Are they not physical? What are we talking about? And you definitely mentioned the number one stressor, which is stress. And in this day and age, stress is definitely the tipping point, I feel, because there are many other stressors. So stressors come in different categories. The physiological stressors can be things like heavy metals, pesticides, different chemicals, you know, brought into the body, mold, viruses, or yeast and infections. So the infections that can be viruses or bacterial or fungus. So those are all different stressors. And if you really think about it from the physiological point of view, there are not a whole lot of different options for stressors. So those are kind of the root causes of systems in the body starting to malfunction. But then we add, you know, what I call energetic stressors, which is mostly emotional stressors and trauma and especially early childhood trauma, upbringing, and mindset, those are the other big parts. So, you know, I always make this equivalent to my patients, like the physiological, physical is one foot, and the emotional and mindset is the other foot. And we need to make steps with both feet (laughs) in order to go forward. So we work at two different levels. But Looking at the body, looking at the body in a holistic way, I really see that, yes, the physical stressors are real. They're present. But what enabled the body to take them in, what pretty much told our body to take on those toxins is the emotional toxins and the mindset. So we always, as a holistic practitioner, I work with both things. I am not a counselor or like I'm just a coach, but I still help my patients navigate through mindset into like those root causes and through the physiological back to the energetic as we walk those little steps, because that's the only way that we can truly resolve. We mentioned the ketogenic diet. And like, I know that a lot of people these days, there are kind of these two big factions when it comes to diet. And like one big group of the population of women is saying like, Oh, I want keto. Keto is the latest quick fix is the latest magic bullet is going to fix everything. So they're all up in it and like wanting to use a ketogenic diet because of the benefits. And then there's the other side where women are just like, I'm done with diet and diet is restrictive and it causes, you know, eating disorders and, it's just like not healthy for my mind and for my body. And here, you know, I really want to try to reconcile this for your audience, because I think that both of those point of views are valid, but they're very extreme. And when you go to the extreme, they negate them, each other, but there is a place in the middle, you know, in Ch- Chinese philosophy is like the golden way, the middle way, and that's what I like to practice most of the times. And it's like reconciling these extremes. How do we reconcile doing keto with not wanting to do a diet? And for me, that way, is like seeing keto as just, first of all, as a lifestyle, which is absolutely able to be navigated and modified to the individual needs. I worked with a lot of people with eating disorders which, you know, you would think that counting macros or counting calories will be absolutely detrimental and send them back into episodes of, you know, bulimia or whatever the eating disorder might have been. But instead, with the right mindset, there are ways of doing keto that you can still have all the benefits of ketosis without having to necessarily obsess about it or, you know, make it all about the macros. Because like, I created recipes for that, where you can just like learn from the recipes, a way of eating that can get you naturally into ketosis, unless there are very specific cases where we need therapeutic ketosis. But, you know, cases like cancer or like seizures, those are different. There are a specific part, a specific niche. For people who just want to be healthy and regain and kind of create a foundation of health with a healthy way of eating. I think that we can establish and maintain ketosis without having to go crazy about counting the macros and the calories and your fat body mass and, you know, all those things that really can become obsessive for a person. And even without weighing, maybe just tracking one thing, which is you can track ketones as your only indicator And that's enough. And it doesn't even have to be that precise, but it's kind of like another little tool for your map of health.
1: I love that. Now let's explore keto because, you know, there's a lot of, I wouldn't necessarily call controversy around keto, but I know women are mindful. You know, women want to be careful. We know that keto can be done in the wrong way. You can't kind of do it halfway, and you can do it in an unhealthy way. So figuring out a way, you know, one of my dear friends is Dr. Anna Kabeca, and she just came out with a book called The Hormone Fix, and she talks about the keto green way. And I really love Dr. Anna Kabeca's philosophy around using ketosis or using a keto diet to help women support their hormones. And I have a feeling that you you are in a little bit of alignment of, of where she stands on that as well. So can we talk a little bit about, you know, how is it that that you recommend leveraging keto to balance hormones. And also on a sidetrack, what are your thoughts? Just because I'm just curious. I'm a curious person. But what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Do you ever combine the two? I'm a big intermittent fasting girl. I've had such great success with that, especially with my hajimotos. But that's just me. Not everyone does. So I was just curious what your thoughts on that were too.
0: First of all, about keto, I do a very specific kind of keto. And yes. You can do keto wrong in so many different ways. From the very beginning, when I first started doing ketogenic diets and like six years ago, there was barely any resources and nobody knew what ketogenic meant or what ketogenic was. And they thought I spoke Turkish, you know, like they're like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I found like an online community that was like a huge community doing keto, maybe like 60,000 people. And I was all happy to have found them and thinking I'm gonna get all this good information and feedback, but they were doing what I call McDonald's keto. And I'm not gonna go into what community it is, but you know, I was appalled McDonald's keto. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The quality of food and the kind of, you know, microwave cheese and mug cakes and pepperoni and like processed just, just processed crap process lots of dairy lots of like even hydrogenated oils like really bad fats so you're just making me want to vomit in my mouth
1: yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that and that kind of keto people don't know that that's not the right one I sometimes I think we want to hear what we want to hear, right? We want to, you know, we want to see what we want to see. And to so talk to me a little bit about you know what kind of what you've seen, you know, because we are talking about a very complex system, the endocrine system, and we know that they all play a role. And we know that food is information. We, we know your body is like relaying information from what we're consuming every day. So tell me about what it is you have read that you've really seen
0: be successful with the beautiful women that you get to work with? First I call it nutrient dense keto. And this is from studying nutrition. I came, you know, through the founding doctors of nutrition, we call them like Dr. Weston Price or Dr. Page or Dr. Royal Lee. And For them, you know, they had a certain point of view on diet that was based in the diet of maybe like a hundred years ago, which a lot has changed since then. And, you know, I could go into a whole side conversation here about adaptation and maladaptation and what industrial food has done to the body as part of the stressors and root causes that we talked about. But there are certain principles of nutrition that the the body takes in building blocks and nutrients through food. We are not designed to assimilate isolated chemicals. Our body basically does not recognize them. That's why I have some beef (laughs) with a lot of um, functional medicine doctors. My beef with them is that they are doing a much better job, but they're still working with Things called nutraceuticals, which are just kind of one step away from pharmaceuticals. And in my opinion, as a more holistic based practitioner, the body does not recognize them in the long term. Maybe, you know, isolated vitamins and like those kind of vitamins that you buy at Costco or at Rite Aid, those are mostly made in the lab. They're not real foods. So, our body, we can use them. But they are nutraceuticals, so that means they will act almost as a drug in the body. They're not really going to act as a food. So in order for us to truly heal and maintain sustainable health for long periods of time, meaning the rest of your life, please, (laughs) we want to base, like to nourish the body and base it on real food that can be assimilated, recognized, and put to work, and it can rebuild and heal your organs and glands, including your endocrine glands. So, you know, for me, a thyroid with Hashimoto's is not doomed to be self-destroying. Absolutely not. It's just a gland that has been put under stress. And to that point, to the extent that your immune system now is not recognizing it as part of the body and needs to, you know, clean up the mess. But once the gland is healed and restored to like a, a whole state, your body will just like turn, switch off that attack. And, you know, the numbers, autoimmune numbers will come down. It's not something that is just your immune system going crazy. is your immune system doing its job sometimes a little too well. So going back to the keto thing, we need to base our food in nutrients and see the food is like what is going to do to nourish and heal our body. So for me, it's really, really important that what I try to transmit to my clients and my audience is to be discriminating and like start the healing with the food. I mean, my program is called the Healing Foods Method. (laughs) From the very beginning, I knew that this is where I was going. And I had no idea how far I could have gone with when I started this process, but I have seen amazing things happen in my practice because like for me, the nutrition like bringing the nutrients into the body and using the tool of ketosis, which is one of many tools, it's really just a part of that holistic pictures that we can put picture that we can put together that can create miracles, you know, in very difficult cases that even conventional doctors are not able to handle.
1: Give me, I love some examples. Like, what are some of the most nurturing foods that you are just like, oh, you know, and I know every food works, everyone's biologically and bio-individual in terms of what serves them. What overall have you seen really to be beneficial for women? You know, it really has helped move the needle. I'm sure you've seen some, what I call to be, trends or, or successes in certain foods that women are consuming?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) for me, like the true superfoods in the world are organ meats. And that's something that it's funny, because like, I come from, you know, old school Italy, where I grew up eating organ meats, they were part of my Kind of daily diet as a kid. I grew up eating brains and liver, and you know kidneys and and all kinds of other organ meats because we still ate nose to tail when I grew up. Yes, that tells you gives you away my age. <laughs> <laughs> and where in Italy did you grow up? I grew up in Piemonte, um, which is like um, my favorite region in all of Italy. Really? Yeah, oh, we're really? we're going there for um, two weeks in June. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born in San Remo, which is Liguria on the sea, and then grew up like for my first like seven years in Piemonte in the mountains in a restaurant. So I was very lucky because like from the very beginning of my life, I was exposed to a lot of food and a lot of cooking.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're so excited to go and celebrate your heritage. It's our favorite, favorite area. Actually, probably our favorite area in the world is that area. Really? Yeah, we That's just nice. love the
0: food amazing. Um, yeah, that's great. So for me, you know, when we talk superfood, liver is a superfood, oysters are a superfood, scallops are a superfood, kidneys can be a superfood, organ meats that are actually containing nutrients, like high nutrient density and and also I was talking about this with a fellow practitioner a couple of days ago about This idea of like being more open with the diet and not having to like restrict yourself so much, like I'll never eat gluten again, or I'll never eat grains again. I have been grain free for five years and dairy free for most part, but I'm not that Nazi style, like absolutely never. There are times where I want to enjoy something what I I think is the most important part that your listeners should understand is that sometimes it's not even the plant food itself that's going to be damaging to us. It's not because it's gluten that is damaging to us because it's wheat. We evolved with wheat and we've survived okay with it for so many years. Why is it suddenly not okay anymore? And I think that People are really becoming aware of the fact that it might not be the grain itself, but it's everything around it. So, is the GMO process, you know, is the pesticides, it's the herbicides, you know, all the chemicals that come with this grain and how it's been kind of like hybridized and taken out of nature and has become what I call an industrial food you know, and I really think that our body has lost, it just has never had the ability to adapt to industrial foods because they're not food. So once we started adding all those chemicals and toxins to the food, then your body at some point is not going to be able to recognize a certain, what we call food as an actual food or a nutrient. And this is where We need to be more discriminating. And for me, it's like not so much about being dogmatic as like you can't have gluten or you can't have grains. But like we know it's almost impossible to find some clean grains. It's almost impossible to find good wheat that our body is actually able to not react to. So what are the foods that are less reactive and what are the foods that are most healing So in my practice, what I see is that I keep it really simple, you know, because like we are all too busy and stressed, like you were mentioning, (laughs) and juggling so many things that we can't just go around and be like a French restaurant offering five course meals every day. So we just need to keep it simple. And for me, simple means clean animal proteins that support sustainability and support a cleaner environment which means no feedlot beef of course but it is grass-fed beef it is you know things like venison or sustainably like bison sustainable clean meats fish it's a little harder at this point because like we're in bad shape with that and the oceans are in bad shape and it's really sad but I think there are still fish we can consume in small quantities, varying them, like small fish, like sardine or sprats. Sometimes I love oysters and scallops. I think they're like a storehouse of nutrients. Those need to be kind of not on a regular basis and with the proper support because they are toxic. You know, so many toxic metals in the ocean right now and chemicals. And then as far as plants go, you know, again, depending on the tolerance on the individual body, we can approach plants because we have become intolerant to a lot of things because of the industrialization of food and the damage done to our intestines and our microbiome that now is not really able to deal with a lot of the foods that we could deal with before.
1: So absolutely true. I mean, we have to be so mindful of the toxic assault. You know, one of the things you talked about is the the immune system, right? And and what we're seeing is this molecular mimicry. You know, that our body is accidentally just you know thinking. One, that we are, all these chemicals are coming through. We know that gluten is being tagged. There's molecular mimicry to what's happening there with what's happening to our thyroids. No wonder so many of us are getting things like hajimotos and having other autoimmune responses. So what we eat and the type of food that we eat is so important in this conversation as well and that's really the thing that i've taken away from you in this part was like how we make better better food decisions about what we're eating and i am so grateful for you to to speak on that one of the other things i know that i was looking at when i was i was looking over all your information but it was really the mindset you talked about hidden infections. We talked about chemical stressors. We talked about physical stressors a little bit, perceived stress. We also know that mindset comes into play, how we feel about ourselves. You know, one of the things I see a lot of is a lot of women may not even believe that they deserve to be well, right? That they, maybe that isn't, that isn't their, their lot in life. And I think when we don't believe that we deserve to be well, we don't open the doors for wellness. So can you speak a little bit into the mindset of what you see?
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of my favorite parts of my work these days is like being able to bring in somebody who has been struggling with their health for so many years and, you know, start working on the physical level, but like slowly start unveiling like these deeper roots of patterns that they're not even aware of that lead to disease. And you know, we all know about self-sabotaging mechanisms and patterns and patterns of thoughts. Like, you know, one thing that happens a lot with my patients is like, they come in and they're like, oh, I don't want to give up my coffee in the morning. Like coffee is keto. What are you talking about? Like, I don't need to give up this coffee. Like, it's good for me. I need it. And all this resistance and, you know, really like, the the thought process and the feeling process that goes around a certain resistance. Is, I call them like sticky points, you know, like resistance to give up dairy or like resistance to invest in yourself and find the time and draw those boundaries that we need to have to take time for our own healing. Like you say, you know, stress is like, Stress is the common denominator of our modern lives, and it's so pervasive. And, you know, sometimes it becomes the way that that is the expression of the self-sabotaging mechanism, because I don't have time, because I am stressed, because I need to attend to the kids and the football game and this and that and the husband and the job and the career. So we are really good at looking outside ourselves. And start blaming everything outside ourselves for our lack of commitment. And I really think that when we hit the wall, and that's why I I was asking myself, why do I only have such difficult cases? What is it about me that attracts really difficult cases? And then I realized that it's because people, especially women, they really don't find the motivation to change until they're pretty much desperate which is unfortunate. There is sometimes where I find, you know, cases that are, they realize where they're going and then they want to make the changes before they get all the way there. And that's like, wow. <laughs> you well, know, that's- I think,
1: you know what I see? And I remember us, I don't know if you were there. I remember being there and I, there were two things that were happening for me. I was actually speaking on this on Instagram live today. But two things that happened to me. One, I definitely was struggling with the belief mindset that I deserved wellness or that I deserved to be a priority. The other thing that happened for me was that I honestly thought I thought I was handling stress. I kept telling myself that, girl, as long as you're not crawling on the floor, you are fine. And when I used to gut check with other women, I asked my mom or ask friends, everyone's like, oh, that's normal. And I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe this is normal. It wasn't until the alarm bells really began to sound sound off. The whispers had been there for years, you know, and it was just like, oh, well, that's what we deal with. Oh, that's normal. Oh, that's okay. And I was like, okay. And and then all of a sudden, you're in major trouble and you're just like, oh, my gosh. And I know so often, I bet you hear this, women want to know how they even got there, right? They kind of just like, did I just wake up like this one day? And... (laughs) We know that's not true, right? But I those were the things that I was telling myself. And I have a feeling that so often, you know, I don't think I'm unique at all. I think I'm I'm one of millions of women who thought they could get away with it until they couldn't.
0: Yes, I totally agree. And, you know, and the other thing is how we normalize our daily happenings. Like I get to talk to so many women when like I ask them, are your periods normal? And they're like, yes. And then it's, I kind of do that on purpose. And then I'm like, so are you having cramps? And they're like, um, yes. And is your period more than five days? Um, yes. It's heavy, so heavy and cramping. Yes. And I'm like, do you consider that normal? And they're like, yeah, I thought that's how it is. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you know? There's so much misconception. You know, I've, uh, the, a book that I'm absolutely loving right now is called The Fifth Vital Sign. And it's all about looking at your menstrual cycle as a vital sign to our health and wellness. But we just don't know. Like, you, Whoever talked to us about our period, it's just this down there thing that happens that no one even talks about. So I absolutely agree with you. There's just so much misconception. Why well, we have covered so much ground, Vivica, is there something that you want to leave us with? I want to let people know where they can find you as well. But how can we learn more? How can we get further into knowing your work?
0: The thing I would like to leave your audience with is that they need to start really listening to their intuition. Women, we all have an amazing intuitive ability within us, all of us, all women. Like we are tuned like that to be able to be highly intuitive, but we are taught to not listen to our intuition. And most of the times like you know, even like strongly. And that's what a lot of trauma comes from. So I think that reclaiming our intuition that something is not right in our body is going to be the best thing we can do to listen to that voice that knows when things are off. And, you know, other thing, like I'm doing this little series of videos right now called Doctors Blunders, because I've I've just been collecting this material for years from Client after client coming to me and telling me stuff that their doctors told them. And I could just not believe it. I don't go to doctors personally, but the list of crazy things that doctors told women, I just can't believe it. So I decided to start making videos about it. So don't let people, especially male doctors, that do not understand your delicate hormone balance and just in general, female balance. Don't let them call you crazy. Don't let them put you down. When you have intuition about something that is not right in your body, please follow that intuition and do research. There are so many amazing practitioners out there right now, just booming. And women nutritionists and practitioners are booming. And like like you, Marisa, like a lot of your guests, there are so many good resources that we can go to these days. We don't have to just buy into that mentality of like, oh no, you're crazy. Here's an antidepressant and just go home and you don't think about it.
1: Mm, I absolutely agree. Oh, I'm so glad you're creating that. I know one place that we can come and find you is the the blog, your, your blog called The Nourished Caveman. But where else do you want us to come and check you out?
0: I actually have created a page for your listeners specifically. And it's like a page for the podcast where there is a little download that is pertinent to the things that we talked about today. And it's about the kind of uh, hormonal tests that people can ask their doctors to run or they can, whatever practitioner they're working with, what are the best tests for different hormonal issues. So that's a free download. And the page is called thenourishcaveman.com forward slash podcast. Perfect. So Wonderful. If they, if they just go there, they'll find that. And there is a little bit more about me and the kind of work I do. And of course, I'm everywhere on social media like you know, like you have to be these days. So my page on Facebook is The Nourish Caveman. I'm also on Instagram. And of course the blog thenourishcaveman.com.
1: Wonderful. Okay, so I've got that. You guys, it'll be in the show notes as it always is. So it's gonna be the nourishcaveman.com slash podcast. So I'll make sure to get that over. Well, you guys know it'll be in the it'll be in the show notes and it'll be on the website as well. So you guys would go and grab it. Understanding hormone testing and demanding the test that you deserve is so important. As Vivica and I both know, a lot of Conventional doctors aren't doing the test and running the test that we deserve. So the more educated you can be about the types of hormone testing that you need, the more that you get to demand what you deserve in the healthcare system. Both Vivica and I believe, and I know I'm speaking for Vivica, but that we are tired of the medical system doing to us opposed to doing alongside with us. And that's what I think this beautiful guide is for, is demanding that they do it alongside with us. Well, Vivica, honey, it was such a great pleasure to have you on today. I'm so grateful that we got to connect. It was like talking to a dear friend in Italy, from Italy. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you for not only sharing your brilliance here today, but also doing the work that you do. We need more women like you out there in the world sharing this message, getting this out there so that a lot of women understand how they can empower themselves and how they can truly, truly heal themselves. I mean, that's the mission for both of us.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate your work as well and getting the message out there. And, you know, we're kind of like this little army of love warriors and, you know, bringing (laughs) healing and really trying to do this for ourselves. So thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, honey. Have a good day. You too. Early in Vivica's journey, it's obvious that she
1: knew how to ask the right questions for her health and was able to take that knowledge and apply it to her clients. Her take on ketogenic and paleolithic diets, along with lifestyle practices, have been well researched. And with that said, I want to just emphasize how important it is to figure out what works for your body. I mean, Everyone's body is different. We, we metabolize differently, we, we take information differently when it comes to that fuel. So it's important to look into what works best for you. Vivica has definitely helped thousands and thousands of women, and a lot of her practices are very similar to the practices that I educate here on the podcast and even in my books. But it's important that you try things out and figure out what works best for you. As I also mentioned in episode 100, which was just earlier this week, Even though food is one of the most important keys to hormone balance, it's also important to look at nutrient deficiencies to close those gaps. And if you're not sure where to start, I want you to not only check out Vivica's website, I'll give to you in just a moment, which is going to be inside of this episode, episode 101, but also head on back to episode 100 earlier this week to give you more of a picture of how to get started to balance your hormones with food. Well, now that you've learned a little bit about Vivica, I always want you to go and check her out. She's got a podcast called The Nourished Caveman Podcast, and you'll find all of the information inside of the show notes at episode 101, or you can go to the website, drmarisa.com slash podcast, and look up episode 101 as well. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the Essentially You podcast. On this next episode coming up, I am bringing on a dear friend, Trina, and we're going to be talking about oral health and why brushing your teeth is hazardous to your health. I love Trina's take on the importance of keeping our mouths healthy. It's a really fascinating episode. I learned a lot from Trina, so I'm so excited for you guys to listen in on that. And In the meantime, have an amazing week.